0: The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network, Buzz Burbank, News and Comment. Monday, August 1st, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news on a commercial-free Monday, made possible when you support the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. Is Donald Trump losing his grip? In this, the first week after the party conventions and with fewer than 100 days till the election, Trump has fallen to seven points behind Hillary Clinton in a new national poll. The CBS News poll shows Clinton getting a four-point bump from her convention while Trump shoots himself in the foot on several fronts. Veterans groups are ripping Trump for his criticism of the grieving parents of a soldier who died fighting for the U.S. military. Trump ripped into Khazir and Ghazala Khan after she stood silently while her husband wowed the Democratic convention with a moving speech. Trump's response once again left other Republican leaders with their mouths agape, disbelief that Trump would attack a Gold Star family. Trump's also been complaining about his upcoming debate schedule with Hillary Clinton, accusing the debate committee of pitting two debates against NFL games. Trump says even the NFL is upset, quoting him, I got a letter from the NFL saying, this is ridiculous. The NFL says it doesn't like the conflict but sent no such letter indicating that Trump is either mistaken or flat out lying. And there are more nude photos today of would-be first lady Melania Trump. The New York Post today published so-called girl-on-girl photos featuring Mrs. Trump and another woman, both nude. What appears to be a mosquito-borne Zika outbreak in Florida is limited to just one neighborhood near downtown Miami but it's prompted the British government to advise its pregnant citizens not to go to Florida at all. Our government says pregnant women in that Miami neighborhood need to take precautions, but officials extend their warning no further. Still, the news about mosquito-borne Zika and Britain's warning to pregnant women are likely to hurt Florida's vital tourist industry. Florida has nearly 400 Zika cases already, more than 50 of them in pregnant women. But with the mosquitoes still biting in August, we'll have to wait for Congress to get back to work in September before any action is taken to combat a Zika outbreak in the U.S. Meanwhile, back in that Miami neighborhood, health officials are going door-to-door collecting urine samples to check for Zika. Another mass shooting broke out in Texas at a little after 2 a.m. Sunday. It was close to 3 a.m. when Austin police tweeted, Active shooter incident downtown. Multiple victims stay away from downtown. Witnesses say someone started firing into the crowd on E Street in the club district. People scattered in panic. A shot was heard moments later in a nearby parking garage. When it was over, five people had been wounded, including a woman who died. The parking garage shooting now appears to have been a separate and unrelated incident, and in that one, no one was wounded. Austin police were reportedly interviewing a person of interest and asking the public to turn over any video they have of the shots fired on E Street. The Feds are still investigating Saturday morning's hot air balloon tragedy in Texas. 16 people died when their balloon drifted into power lines and burst into flames. Large balloons with large payloads such as this one cannot ascend or descend as quickly as smaller balloons, making power lines harder to avoid, especially since pilots try to land close to roads, which is also where power lines are found. This crash and others like it may lead the government to get more involved in the regulation of hot air balloons, something it passed on the opportunity to do two years ago. The pilot of the balloon has a DUI on his record, and complaints against him are on file at the Better Business Bureau. As if Baltimore's not had enough problems lately, this. Flash flooding on Saturday killed one woman, washed away cars and roads, and left thousands without power. The city declared an emergency. The National Weather Service urged people to move to higher ground, calling it a dangerous and life-threatening situation. Emergency workers spent the day rescuing the stranded. Much of the downtown in neighboring Ellicott City was destroyed. Nearly all the historical buildings, some streets and sidewalks, utility poles, and nearly 200 cars. The suburb of Columbia, Maryland, was also flooded, as were other areas around the Little Patuxent River. Besides the human cost, the death of Freddie Gray and all that followed cost Baltimore taxpayers a lot of money. The city spent $7 million on the protests and riots that followed Gray's death in police custody, much of that for overtime, a third of it for riot gear. It spent another half million on the attempted prosecution of six police officers, more overtime for officers providing courthouse security. And that, of course, doesn't include the money spent by the state's attorney's office on prosecutor salaries and expert witnesses. In the end, none of the six officers would be successfully prosecuted. Three cops were acquitted. The charges were dropped against the other three. And on top of that $7.5 million spent by police, the city paid the Gray family another $6.5 million to avoid a lawsuit. In Toledo, Ohio, two men who say they did it in the name of the white race are facing federal hate crime charges for beating a black man they'd passed on the street. 46-year-old Adrian Williams was loading stuff into his truck back in May when 33-year-old Charles Butler Jr. and 25-year-old Robert Pascals drove by and saw him. They circled back, got out of their truck, and started beating Williams while shouting racial slurs. Williams' right eye was damaged and its socket fractured. Police caught up with the racists after one of them bragged about the assault on Facebook. The trial begins today. A half dozen state workers in Michigan are now facing criminal charges over the lead poisoning of the drinking water in Flint. The workers include three from Michigan's Department of Health and Human Services and three from the Department of Environmental Quality. They're all accused of willful neglect of duty and for hiding or ignoring blood test results that reflected the high level of lead in Flint's tap water. These six officials allegedly knew about the lead contamination as early as July of last year. Russian hackers have apparently been busy tapping into a wide range of Democratic Party computers. First, there was the breach at the Democratic National Headquarters going into the party's convention. Then, as Hillary Clinton was accepting her nomination nearly a week later, the Democratic Committee that raises money for congressional candidates announced that it, too, had been violated. The next day, Friday, brought word of a third attack, this time on the computers of the Clinton campaign itself. The FBI is investigating all the breaches, each of them apparently bearing the IP addresses of the same two Russian hacker groups blamed for invading computers at the White House and the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Clinton's people believe the Russians are trying to tilt our election in favor of Trump, who's repeatedly praised Vladimir Putin for his leadership. Anonymous sources tell the Washington Post the hacking is, quote, part of a much, much broader campaign that is yet to be fully publicly revealed. Voter ID laws have been struck down before, but never so hard as North Carolina's. A circuit appeals court has ruled that North Carolina's ID law didn't just discriminate against black voters, it did so on purpose, with almost surgical precision, to use the words in the court ruling that wipes North Carolina's ID law off the books. The court ruling was unanimous. As in other states, the Republicans who made North Carolina's new voter laws said they did so to prevent voter fraud, and they're sticking to that claim. But the court used legal language to call the Republicans' argument BS, ruling they were imposing, quote, cures for problems that did not exist. Voter fraud is so incredibly rare, it statistically doesn't exist. And yet, it's the argument used by Republican-controlled governments in red states across the country. Democrats say the law's real intent is to limit voting by those who are most likely to vote Democrat, especially African Americans, but also the oldest and youngest voters, the North Carolina law required a specific ID that black citizens and the elderly are least likely to have. It drastically cut the number of early voting days used by black churches to increase their community's voter turnout. And the law killed same-day registration and absentee voting, also used predominantly by African Americans. Worst of all, the circuit court in its ruling found that North Carolina lawmakers had data proving all of this before they approved that so-called voter ID law. But in the end, the plot didn't work. A court threw out the law before it could affect North Carolina's presidential vote this November. And the ruling makes theoretically easy targets of other Republican-led states that have also passed laws in the name of preventing the voter fraud that doesn't exist. It was March Of this year when President Obama nominated Merrick Garland to fill the vacancy on the U.S. Supreme Court. Now that it's August, this is the longest ignored nomination in American history. It was nearly five months ago that the Republicans who control the Senate said they would not approve Garland, that they would not even hold hearings on the nomination, and that they would not even meet with the man. Republicans said they wanted to wait until after the presidential election, perhaps in case their candidate got elected. They said the Senate shouldn't make such decisions so close to an election. But it has before. On camera, Vice President Joe Biden made yet another pitch for a stubborn Senate to reconsider. Over the weekend, Biden appeared alongside a retired federal judge, a judge nominated by a Republican president and confirmed by a Democratic Senate within four weeks of a presidential election. Biden told the lawmakers they don't have to approve Merrick Garland, just have the decency to listen Quoting the Veep, nobody's suggesting senators have to vote yes. Voting no is always an option. But Biden continued, simply to turn your backs is not an option the Constitution leaves open. Now in its fourth year with over three million downloads, this is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the Realm Network. Somebody in New Hampshire won a $487 million Powerball drawing Saturday night, the eighth biggest lottery prize of any kind in U.S. history. The odds of winning the big prize were 1 in 292 million. Its cash payout's about $330 million before state and federal income taxes. But 10 people matched five of the six numbers, winning a million bucks apiece. One of those won a second million for using an option called power play. The legally sanctioned Game of Chance is played in 44 states, D.C., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. For what it's worth, our work-at-a-desk couch potato lifestyles are costing us nearly $68 billion a year. In a worldwide report on the medical cost of inactivity, Australian researchers included nearly $14 billion in lost productivity, along with $54 billion in extra health care costs and nearly half the world's extra expenses, 40%, are racked up here in the U.S. A sedentary life leads to heart disease, stroke, diabetes, cancer, and because of all those things, premature death. Type 2 diabetes costs the world about $38 billion a year, and while it's the most prominent of the health conditions caused by a nearly motionless life, it's really just one of nearly two dozen deadly conditions we develop sitting down. The good news, according to Tesla, is that its autopilot may not be to blame for that deadly crash in Florida. The company says it may have been the brakes. A test driver from Ohio was speeding when the accident occurred. He trusted the autopilot to avoid a big white semi, but the car didn't brake when a truck crossed in front of it. That first death in an autopiloted car prompted a congressional investigation in Washington. Tesla says the autopilot feature has already safely carried people more than 130 million miles. And is now available in seventy thousand vehicles around the world. Well, it hasn't stunk like this in the Bronx since nineteen thirty seven. That's how long it's been since the last time the corpse flower opened at New York's Botanical Garden. The amorphophallus titanium is one of the biggest flowers in the world, and you can never know when it'll bloom. This one waited seventy-nine years to bloom again. But you do know when it happens because it smells like death warmed over, literally. For up to 36 hours, it smells like rotting human flesh. Because the corpse flowers' blooms are years apart, there's a great deal of excitement. The New York Botanical Garden certainly making a big stink about it. In California Saturday, a skydiver jumped out of a plane without a parachute, and he did that on purpose. Luke Akins intentionally fell 25,000 feet without a chute, landing in a net 100 feet wide. He hit the net at about 120 miles an hour. In doing this, Aikens set a record for the farthest survived fall without a chute. As a shootist who's jumped some 18,000 times, Aikens used air currents to make sure he'd hit the net, which was reinforced by another net and mounted well above the less forgiving ground. Aikens is also a safety and training advisor for the U.S. Parachute Association and teaches advanced skydiving to the U.S. military's special forces. Kids don't try this at home. And finally, if you approach your SUV and the doors are closed, as they should be, there's no reason to suspect there's a bear inside. Well, okay, maybe a little reason. In Evergreen, Colorado last week, a man named David got up and dressed for work before heading out to the driveway. That's when David noticed the bear inside his SUV. Quoting the missus, this is the first time my husband woke me saying there's a bear in the car. Dave says his first thought was, I hope my insurance covers it. The bear had smashed the roof of the vehicle and ripped off its mirrors. Inside, it ripped a panel off one of the doors. A neighbor helped Dave and his wife get rid of the bear by opening the doors and banging two pans together. Oh, and by the way, the insurance company says the bear damage is not covered, of course. Act of God, who apparently put the bear up to it. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting the series' of sponsors at buzzburbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank news and Comedy. buzz, 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 buzz. buzz, 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 buzz oh. The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network.